Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And today, we got a pretty pretty chill podcast. Not a whole lot going on. Um, if you watched our last podcast, you'll know that the NBA draft was last Wednesday. Um, and so we're going to recap some of that, as well as some more NBA free agency in our, our news segment. Um, then we're just going to reminisce about some of our uh, favorite sports moments from our lifetime. And um, then we'll do oddities and hot takes like usual. So without further ado, let's get into news. Um, and since I already hyped it up, why don't we start with NBA? Well, that's where we've got the most. Uh, so get, get ready for that. We do have a good bit with between, you know, the draft and free agency and even the trades, you know, there's a good bit for us here. Yeah. Why don't we hit the draft first? Um, we'll just go down, talk about the top 10 picks, maybe um, pick out some picks to watch. Yeah, that, that's cool. I think I think there, there are definitely less some questionable ones that we can talk about as well. Um, so I guess to start, Todd, I know me and Ethan, we both, um, we both had the, uh, top three picked out perfectly. You, uh, did not have LaMelo going to the Hornets. I mean, that was one of those where I'm, I'm not so much surprised that the Hornets took LaMelo. I think that's one of those plays where it's, you take the best available player left on the board. I just... I don't know. I think he gets overhyped, and I think they had more glaring issues than a point guard. Um, I, originally on my draft, I had him falling all the way to seven with the Pistons taking him, but the Pistons ended up taking a point guard anyway in Killian Hayes, so I really have no problem with that pick. Yeah. Now, I think pick number four might have been the biggest shocker pick of the whole entire first round. I'm not a fan of that one. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. Yeah. But let's be real here. Patrick Williams did not start a game for Florida State this past year. And he's the fourth overall pick. I mean, I he's not, in my opinion, he's not even the best Florida State player that went in the first round. No, yeah, you're right. Devin Vassell is the best Florida State player. Um, the Bulls, especially with Obi Toppin on the board, as well as Isaac Okoro, um, I, I do not understand the Patrick Williams pick. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a solid player. And he put He's good, but I think, I think Obi Toppin's better, in my opinion. I think, uh, to be 100% honest, anybody past pick 12 is better than him. Just, you know, looking at the, like, the picks, I think he probably, in that list of talent-wise, was the 12th best, you know, going yeah. up to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but obviously the, the Bulls must have seen something in him that maybe we didn't, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, JR, um, yeah. the Wizards at number nine drafting Denny Abdiha. I said it right this time. What do you think about that? He got it. <laughs> All right, so this kind of goes along with the eighth pick as well. Um, so as you guys know, I had uh, Obi Toppin slipping to seven in the draft, my mock draft. 
and I admitted that that was a little bit low of it. Like that was a low, lower pick than I, that I thought he was talent wise, if that makes sense, but he actually slipped to eight. And so the Knicks picked up Obi Toppin and the same thing kind of happened to Denny of Deha. I had him as a top five pick and sitting there watching the draft with you there, Ethan, on Wednesday night, I was like wizards. If you pick anybody other than Denny of Deha at nine, I might as well go be another fan of another team because that was the obvious pick. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the guy that should have been a top five pick. And yeah. here he is almost being a double digit pick. Yeah, so I would say the Wizards got a steal there. A little bit. Um, then I guess looking at the draft, anything else in the first or even second round that just catches your eye? Well, yeah, I think I think the next two picks after Denny of Deha. I mean, all three of us had Jalen Smith as the 19th pick, and I don't think any of us saw him being a top 10. Yeah, I, I, I just thought it was a little – I thought the Suns drafted him maybe a little high, but, um, yeah, it, it, it just how it goes. They, they must have just, again, have seen something in him that they like, and they went with him. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to take it back. I did not mean the next two picks. I meant pick 10 and 12. I think the Kings got an absolute steal with Tyrese Halliburton at 12. Again, like Danny of Deha was a top five guy in my mock draft, second best point guard in the class. And he fell the whole way to 12. Now, let me tell you, can you imagine a De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton backcourt for the next five years? The only problem is, will Ty- do you think Tyrese Halliburton will move to the two? I think they'll make it work. One of the two will. point guards. What about Maybe. them? What do you do with Buddy Heald? Buddy Heald's not a long term option. In fact, I think they probably will trade him in the next year or so. I mean, there's rumors that, already that, that he wants out. That King seems looking very scary now, too. Yeah, yeah. yes and no. I'm, they don't I mean, have a whole lot of depth in their front court. Yeah. I mean, you got Marvin Bagley, who got hurt for the majority of last year, and that's about it. Right. Um, um, oh, go ahead, Jared. I don't know. I guess one of the things that kind of surprised me was that down at pick 26, that Peyton Pritchard was a first round pick. None of us had him in the mock drafts. And to be 100% honest, I didn't even have him as a fringe kind of guy. I had Malachi Flynn over him. I had Tyrell Terry, who didn't go till the second round. Theo Maladin, who didn't go to the second round. I just thought it was a little bit shocking that they picked Pritchard over a bunch of guys that I thought was better. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about Peyton Pritchard. Um, obviously, coming out of Oregon, you, you I'm, I'm gonna say you, you're not playing that much competition. No, he played his fair share of competition playing out of conference. I'm not questioning his talent. I just don't know if his talent is first round caliber. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, he's a good now, point guard. Don't get me wrong. But. Now, one of the things I am curious about is RJ Hampton was traded to the Denver Nuggets. I like that move. That the Nuggets backcourt is like insane now. Yeah, I he, mean, it, it, it was great before. Now RJ Hampton just makes it even better. As a Michigan State fan, it pains me to say, but 
RJ Hampton over Gary Harris any day. So then the question is, I mean, Hampton is traditionally a point guard. And Jamal Murray can kind of play that split one, two. So who moves? Do you put Murray at the two and let Hampton handle the ball? My guess is probably, but at the same time, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure Hampton is a little bit taller. He's 6'5". Yeah, that's a big point guard who I could definitely see making a transition to shooting guard if they want the ball in Murray's hands. It's really just going to come down to, you know, like Todd, you said, who they want the ball, who they want, you know, bringing the ball up the court. And Murray did a great job, especially in the playoffs last year, doing that. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, A pick that kind of shocked me. uh, And yes, there probably is now. Actually, I'll go, I'll say there's two picks that shocked me, and it's pick 48 and pick 53. And those are both, you know, one of them's a point guard that the two of you had in the first round. The other is a point guard that I think all three of us had in the first round. And that's Nico Mannion and Cassius Winston falling to that late, you know, mid-late second round pick. Now, granted, Cassius Winston did, in fact, go to the Wizards. So I'm pretty happy about that. But, I mean, I told you guys I didn't know if he was a first round pick. But pick 53... I mean, come on, NBA. Like, that's kind of a steal, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think both of those were definitely a steal. I'll agree with you. Yeah, they definitely slid. I will say, I think Cassius Winston fits really well into that wizard scheme. I mean, we said in the mock draft, he's listed – under the uh, the pre-draft predictions as a guy who's going to be an excellent backup point guard. And I think that's exactly what the Wizards need when you're talking about John Wall, who has been consistently on the injured list for the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. I definitely can, you know, I can see Cash just taking over that that spot when John Wall needs to come out of the game or John Wall can't play the minutes just because of rehabbing. And I think that could fit really well for both John Wall, who, again, like I said, might need those minutes to sit out and those minutes to go to Cassius Winston, where he's, he's learning how to become an NBA caliber point guard. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I mean, Nothing really shocked me, like, in terms of placement. I mean. Really, Ethan? Trey Jones fell 26 spots from your mock draft spot. Yeah. No, nah, nah, I, 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 it was just Duke bias. I, I, I was pretty sure he wasn't going to be a first round pick, but. Yeah, right. You got him at 15. Yeah. Now, granted, the Magic did pick a point guard. But it was Cole Anthony. From the opposite Carolina school. Yep. I will say, Ethan, as it, for once I'm going to bring up the Jazz, and it's not going to be Ethan bringing up the Jazz. We were talking a little bit about this. The Jazz picked Yudoka Azubuki with the 27th overall pick. How do you feel about that, Ethan? Um, I, I, I have my mixed opinions. Um, 
basically, well, we'll get, I mean, we'll get into news, but I'll spoil something for you. Donovan Mitchell signed a like max deal with the jazz, which means now <laughs> big surprise, which means now where does Rudy Gobert go? And there, there's been a couple rumors bubbling that he could possibly be traded. So if, that could be a sign that maybe Gobert might be soon on the out. I, sorry, but completely disagree with that. I mean, Ethan, we're talking about one rookie max deal. That's it. That's all the Jazz are paying in cap. Now, Grant, I know that's not a true statement, but you're not paying your other guys a whole bunch in cap. Like, there's no reason that Rudy Gobert can't make that cap situation work. And quite frankly, my problem with that pick at pick 27 is you had a power forward in Jaden McDaniels, who is where I had him going in my mock draft, that I think would suit you guys a little bit better than another center. I mean, that's just me, though. I, I don't see the cap being a problem with Mitchell's new extension. JR, my only problem is... We we're paying a lot of people on the I'm looking at the salaries right now. Like in 2020 to 2021, we're paying Mike Conley 34.5 million. Well, yeah, but isn't his contract up after this year? Yeah, but that's the thing. You guys will probably let Mike Conley walk and Rudy Gobert is not up for a contract extension this year, which means the money already works. Yeah, you're right. Well, we honestly will probably. I actually, I actually, I kind of do like the pick. I, I think he'll be a good backup center for now. Yeah, I see that. I just think, kind of like Todd said with Lamelo Ball, I just think there are bigger needs other places. I would, I would, I would agree with that. But, I will say, we we've talked a little bit about. What if Gobert goes? And just because even even if salary cap doesn't prove to be a problem, that doesn't mean that they won't try to get rid of Gobert. Um, I mean, we saw what happened earlier this year when he and Donovan Mitchell weren't on the same page. So what if that happens again? You know, so suppose things start to fall apart as, as a team dynamic then maybe you do what the Minnesota Vikings did with Stefan Diggs. You ship him out, get some draft capital, and then take a guy like Justin Jefferson who fulfills the same need, but he's going to be cheaper and he's not going to have the same personality problems. You know? And, and if anything, they'll trade Gobert over Mitchell because – Oh, okay. They're not the going to trade a guy that they just signed to a $150 million or whatever it was contract. Yeah. Because then you're going to have to, you know, pay him some of that money. But, I mean, I could see a Gobert trade. And I guess it makes a little more sense to draft Udoka Azubuki with, was it Tony Bradley that they just got rid of? Yeah. Yeah, and Ed Davis. I mean, it makes sense now, I guess. But come draft night, I really don't know about picking Azubuki over McDaniels. Well, maybe maybe you trade Gobert bear away in the hopes that you get a veteran power forward i mean i guess but then you only oh, have no, no, we have Derek favors right now but okay. again but, but again you, that was post draft too you also you need an improvement over Derek favors 
Yeah, we have we have um, Bohan Bogdanovich who can play the four, but he's coming off of an injury. He's also, I think, kind of in the same position that you got with Favors, where yes, he might be a little bit better than Favors, but that's not a championship power forward. If you know what I mean. Like I, don't I, see I, I get playing. it. Favors more like the championship power forward. You're right. Oh no, I don't see either of them as. I don't see them as. I don't see either of them as a guy that'll be a superstar, or will be a role player in a championship team. Like, you know, Jay Crowder. I think he was a championship power forward for the Heat, not because of his superstardom, but because of the role he played for them. I don't see that in Bogdanovich or Derek Favors. You know what I mean? I, I, I do understand, yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our coverage of the draft. Um, so, as Ethan kind of alluded to earlier, we'll move into free agency and trades and all of that good stuff. A lot of people have been shuffling around. Um, yeah, who wants to take a swing at it? Um, I mean – I got the free agent th- free agency thing right here on my phone. If we want to start out now, obviously Anthony Davis has technically not signed his deal yet, which means he is still in the free agency pool. But you know, all reports have him going back to the Lakers, and I really don't see it. You know, I don't see anything else happening there, unless you know, like the New York Knicks come over with some super max deal. But I don't see that. And then Brandon Ingram is still on his RFA free agency again. I see him going back to the Pelicans. Maybe you two don't, but. No, uh, I do. I, I do. But so before we talk about who's actually signed, before we talk about that, do you see anyone that has not been signed that's worth taking a look at again? Not really. I mean, the top 30 free agents besides those two, the only one that hasn't signed is Bogdan Bogdanovich. That went down during the uh, Pelicans Bucks trade or Kings Bucks trade. My bad. Um, but yeah, that's really that's. I don't. I don't think that that those are probably the big three names that haven't signed yet. So, would you consider this more of a light free agency compared to previous years? Yeah, I, I definitely would. I mean, what last year wasn't there? Kawhi, Paul George. Paul- George, um, Anthony Davis. Wait, no. Yes. No, yeah, Anthony. Well, he got traded. Yeah. I mean, I just. Katie and Kyrie, too. Yeah, Katie and Kyrie, too. I just, this is not a super great free agency class. I still think Um, there's a lot of value in it, though. Yeah, Um, no, there definitely is a lot of value. And definitely some of the trades that could be happening. I mean, We've been talking for like the past couple of weeks about Harden potentially going to the Nets, but maybe that doesn't happen now or all of that drama. Same with Westbrook. I mean, we already talked about Chris Paul going to the Suns. Like, I feel like what's lost in free agency is going to be made up in trades. Hold on. I I just have, I have breaking news. Um, Of course, Ethan has breaking news. I feel like he has breaking news every week. Speaking of Brandon Ingram, he has just signed a five-year, $158 million extension with New Orleans. So that's – All right, well, there you go. Um, so, I mean, if you want I mean, to talk I, about 
I guess I, I figured that happened was going to happen, but it's official now. Right. I mean, if you want to talk about extensions, he's not a free agent, but Bam Adebayo also signing a six-year, $168 million extension. Yeah. Just and today. Jason Tatum signed a five-year, $195 million uh, contract extension with the Celtics. Needless to say, I think he's their option for, for a long time, you know, with yeah, a big he, contract like that. You want to talk about franchise players? <laughs> That's a franchise player. Now, yeah, the only problem sure. with the Celtics is they've got a lot of those guys that are going to want a lot of money down the line. they got to make a title push within the next year or so. Yeah, I don't know, though. I really don't. I mean, I don't think Kemba Walker is going to want much more money. I can see Marcus Smart really – not one much Jaylen money. Brown? Jalen Brown's really the only guy I see on that team that might want more money than what he's got right now. Maybe. Um, but I don't – I mean, there's obviously just a ton of other, like, smaller deals. Um, well, I mean, this is a little, you know, nice little fun fact for people that are fans of the NBA. Fred Van Fleet signed a four-year, $85 million deal – I might be wrong, but I believe that is the biggest deal for an undrafted player in NBA history. I think you're you're correct. It was. Yeah. Um, Gordon Hayward, you know, we talked about it. I don't believe the Hornets have the money right now, but they're making things work where they're going to sign. Did I say Gordon Hayward or did I just say the Hornets? No, they, so the Hornets are going to sign Gordon Hayward if they can get the money. They're yeah, trying. Yeah. I think this one's a little bit underrated of a deal, but Christian Wood to the Rockets for 41 mil over three years. I mean, Christian Wood was probably the only bright piece on that Pistons team last year. Let's be honest. D. Rose. D. Rose is old. I wouldn't call him a bright piece. When Blake Griffin is healthy. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, some guys that re-signed. Joe Harris is back with the Nets. Goran Dragic back with the uh, the Heat. Davis Bertans back with the Wizards. How do you feel about that? Because that seems like a lot of money for some reason. I don't know. Wait, what? That Bertans thing seemed like a lot of money. So how do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. Oh, Portland Trailblazers have signed Harry Giles to a one-year deal. Am I supposed yeah. to know who that is? Harry Giles was a big high school draft prospect that didn't go to college, and he's never really kind of panned out. He went to college? What are you talking about? He did. He went to Duke for two years. Oh, that's why Ethan cares. Okay, well, then Harry Giles was a huge – He was a boss in college. He was a huge high school prospect. I know that. Oh, he was like number one. He got hurt at Duke, though. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, when you, Ethan, when you said Portland Trailblazers, I thought you were going to talk about Mello coming back for a year. That's that that's right. or, or we can talk about Ennis Canner coming back. Yeah, I'd, I'd talk more about Mello, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's not you wanting to talk more about Mello. That might be you talking less about Ennis Canter. Yeah, although I will say the man was the WWE 
24 hour champion for a solid like two minutes. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, some smaller deals, you know, Austin Rivers going to the Knicks, um, Steven Adams going to the Pelicans. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got like, you got some role players and Jeremy Grant heading to the Pistons and sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell flipping LA teams from the Clippers to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we met, did we mention Bogdan going to the, uh, the Hawks? I think we did. Okay. Wait, wait, what? Hold on. What? Yeah. Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdan, but not, not, not the jazz one. No, but that, but that's, that's, that's an RFA. So the Kings can match. That's not official. Right. He did sign a four-year deal with the Hawks for 72 mil. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's going to be playing for the Hawks. Well, but right. he was, I thought he was traded to the Bucks, so technically that deal that fell through. Yeah, uh, that deal. The Kings have forty-eight hours to match. Yeah, yeah. Um, um the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers picked up Marcus All, who, uh, fun fact again, second fun fact of the video. He was actually traded on draft night for his brother and by the Lakers. So now he's getting that chance with LA. Um, also, I'm just noticing there, there, there's talk that Giannis could possibly sign a five-year extension this year with the Bucks. Well, no, that's, that, that's, that's like the deciding factors. He was given that super max option as of i believe friday night at 6 p.m this past week and i mean if he signs it he's with the bucks long term if he doesn't he's a free agent next year that's really that that's kind of the free agency sweepstakes that we've been talking about the last couple of day, uh, podcasts next year, I, i've heard next year's free agency is supposed to be really good yeah that's the rumor now obviously you have things like extensions that could ruin that but yeah, yeah, like Bam Adebayo and Donovan Mitchell signing now takes him out of free agency next year. So, well, no, but I, I don't, I mean, I'm talking like, you know, if Giannis signs there, like those are the rookie guys. I don't expect them to be in free agency. Like the only big names you get are going to be veterans. And yeah. Do you think, well, LeBron might be a free agent next year. I'm assuming he's going to come back to the Lakers, but. To be 100% honest, the Lakers too, Pete, I don't know. He might, you know, I could see a world where he goes somewhere else. Where else would he go, though? Maybe, I don't know if he'd yeah. go back to Cleveland again. I don't think it really matters, to be honest. He'll probably go where, where he's getting the most money. I don't even think about that. I just think he'll go with, not like a random team, but... He might – he very well could maybe go with a more smaller market team, but – Wait, Ethan, hold on. What? LeBron James has a four-year contract that's I... not up for another two years. Oh, so – Where's Charlie when you need him? There's a fact check right there. 
We have to do it ourselves. Um, I mean, we've always talked about the possibility of when Bronny gets drafted, LeBron's going to go play with his son for a year and then retire. So maybe there isn't a move in the cards. I mean, you know, Bronny is 16, so that's still a couple years out. But, you know, maybe LeBron stays with the Lakers for a little while, at least until his son gets drafted. And then he goes, plays with his son for a year, and then bids adieu to the uh, NBA. Honestly, that was definitely a thought in the back of my head when I started talking about LeBron free agency. I was, I was thinking about Bronny, but you know, I guess we'll see that. You know, like you said, that's a few years from now. So who knows if LeBron will, you know, still be playing. At yeah. the end of the day, he is what thirty-five. I want to say. Yeah. So yeah, he's, but he's, he's getting there. Yeah, but he's still putting up all NBA numbers. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, he could, he definitely could play with Bronny. I just – you don't – you're not going to be able to see those possible MVP numbers. Right. Um, staying with the Knicks, that team has been shuffled around a lot – or not the Knicks, the Lakers. Why did I even say that? The Lakers. Uh, that team has been – shuffled around a lot since they've won the championship. I mean, Rondo is going to the Hawks. Um, Caldwell Pope is staying. What else did I see? Um, Howard is going to the Sixers. Um, I just saw other stuff that I literally can't who, find. Because you said What's his name? Avery Bradley to the Heat. Right. Um, Dwight Howard. Yeah, Dwight Howard to the uh, Sixers, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, we already talked about Danny Green. Is that it? I mean, that's a lot of moving pieces right there. Um, Markeith Morris is coming back, but – Shoot, we talked about him earlier. I literally can't remember his name. He's another center. Um, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Yes, thank you. JaVale McGee going to the Cavs. I think, honestly, now that I think about it, with Anthony Davis's size and bringing on Montres Harrell, there could be a world where Anthony Davis plays center a bit more with yeah, the departure. now, too. Well, yeah, but with the departure of both of your centers from last year, you know, I could see – I could – obviously, you know, Marcus Gasol plays center, but when Marcus Gasol is not out there, their next best center is probably Anthony Davis. Yeah, you're probably right. But my, my main point there was this team has been dismantled and rebuilt. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform, you know? Especially with free agency only – or, sorry – the NBA season starting in a month. Usually, free agents get a little more time. Yeah, adjust to their new surroundings. But this time, it's kind of like you get there, you start practicing, you go. I mean, it's not like it is, but it's not like any superstar player left. Like they are just the role players. But at the same time, those role players, the people that you know, as I kind of said earlier, 
they're, they're the ones that keep it rolling that although might not be a MVP candidate could be a championship caliber player at their spot. Well, the most important thing will be making sure they get along with LeBron and AD. They well, yeah, you that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is the fact that they need that chemistry to play their role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one other notable free agent, well, not free agent, um, but a notable move that I do want to talk about briefly is JR brought him up earlier, but Jay Crowder signed a three-year deal with the Suns. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – I think that's a huge blow for the Heat. Jay Crowder, as I said, was a pretty vital piece in that Heat team, whether you want to admit it or not, because he's not as talented as someone like Jimmy Buckets or Bam Adebayo. But he definitely – he played his role, and he played it very, very well. Yeah, he's going to be difficult um, to replace. I think it's just showing the Suns are trying to make a push now. And I mean, I well, think I mean, they could. I think, yeah, I, I would second that, especially after the playoff performance we saw from them in the bubble with the team that they had, you know, just during that. Oh, no, they very well could. I'm just saying they're making it even more clear now that that's. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there, there were some smaller trades like um, Seth Curry to the 76ers for Josh Richardson, the 36th pick which ended up being Tyler Bay. Um, you also had Kelly Oubre being traded to the uh, Warriors and piggybacking off of that. We got some bad news about Clay Thompson with his lower leg injury being a right Achilles tear, and that puts him out for the season. So now I do want to point this out. There is a huge conspiracy theory that the Warriors GM is actually coming up with fake injuries for Klay Thompson and Steph Curry over the last two years so that they fall in the draft order, get a better draft pick. And then they're also rebuilding while allowing the, the team to keep Curry and Thompson. Definitely not saying that's what's happening, but, you know, it's always fun to think about. It's an interesting conspiracy, yeah. All right. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for NBA. Yeah, and obviously we'll keep you updated on our next news episode on basic what happened with like. Oh, for sure. If we'll confirm that they resign or if something crazy happens, we'll also let you know about that too. Um, but I think yeah, NFL, sure. right? Yep. All right. We want to. We don't. We don't want to stay in basketball or college. Well, what that the season in jeopardy now again. Well, no, it starts tomorrow. Not for Duke. Well, Ethan, this is not the Duke show. Is that a new now? Sorry, I had to use that. No, because that's what does start tomorrow. Um, it's going to be very mean, interesting to see how these teams um, gel, essentially, in their first game uh, with some of these star set of recruiting classes. Like North Carolina, obviously, open up a bounce back year from what happened last year. Um, Kentucky look to, looking to continue its dominance, so we'll see how it goes. I feel like you brought up UNC just to trash them for how bad they were last year. You definitely did that. Are you disagreeing with me? They did not play well last year. No, but you also didn't need to bring it up. And you also I said they had a star-set recruiting class, so I actually complimented them. 
Yeah, that was a backhanded compliment, though. JR, you realize that you're focusing more on UNC and the whole Duke stuff than the actual thing, right? You're just perpetuating the conversation. Yes, that's also what I'm trying to do. So he's trying to get me to talk about Duke, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, the Duke Gardner Webb game is one of five that I'm seeing uh, within the top 25 that have been canceled or postponed, and the others would be um, Creighton, South Dakota State, Tennessee, Charlotte, Baylor, Arizona State, and Oregon Eastern Washington. And it's a shame because that Arizona State Baylor game, I think that that's going to be a good one. I was excited about that. With that ASU recruiting class, you know, um, Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley paired with guys like, um, oh, shoot, who's their point guard? What's their point guard's name? He's really good. I can tell you're super excited. Um, what's it? Ronnie Martin. Remy Martin. Well, and it's not even like that's one that they're going to play again. Like, that got flat out canceled. Yeah. And they're not in the same conference, so I guess you can kiss that goodbye. (laughs) Maybe they'll try and reschedule it, but it doesn't sound like it, given that, you know, it got canceled. All right, I'm going to say one thing for Duke. One thing. Just has to bring up Duke again. No, no, I'm just saying Gardner-Webb had a positive COVID test. Duke did not, so... Oh, so you want to clear Duke's name over here. I see it. No, I'm just saying Duke should be good to play Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm looking at these games. I know for a 100% fact that I will be watching TV from 2 to 10 because I will be on the Big Ten Network with Illinois at 2. Then I will move to Iowa at four, Michigan State at six. Um, I'll probably move to Arizona State at seven on ESPN, and then I will hit the Big Ten back up at ten o'clock for Wisconsin Eastern Illinois. You know we're gonna win that. As oh, yeah. I say that, we're probably gonna lose now, but it should Wisconsin, be an easy dub. Didn't Wisconsin uh, drop an early game last year to Richmond? Yeah, but Richmond played decently the entire year. And Richmond offense is actually really good last year. Yeah, and that's fair. W- Wisconsin also wasn't ranked nearly as high as they are now. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, you know, that uh, means there's a lot of expectations on Wisconsin now. I mean, yeah, but that can be said for any of these teams. I think Nova has a lot of expectations, especially since they had a very mediocre season last year and – they're all the way up to three. They had a really good recruiting class as well as, you know, they got they brought back Colin Gillespie. Where's MSU, JR? 13. 13. Okay. Wait, Villanova. Am I thinking about the right team? Aren't they the guys that got Jalen Suggs? Could be. No, wait, never mind. That was Gonzaga. My bad. You know, 100% honest with you, now that I think about it, because I, I was thinking of Gonzaga, I really don't know how they got number three. Yeah, That's they, what I'm saying. They, they got a lot of expectations riding on them. I mean, like I said, Gillespie and Jeremiah Robinson Earl are very, very good players. 
but that's really, I mean, Brian Antoine, but that's what I see from that team primarily. And that's it. We'll see. I guess we will. Um, anything else for college basketball or that seems to wrap it up? I've got nothing. Um, small thing, but yes, Michigan State bias. Tom Izzo has been cleared to return tomorrow, you know, with his whole positive COVID test. But, you know, don't really have to worry about that. Just happy MSU fan over here. Anyway. Wait, so you're allowed to talk about MSU, but I'm not allowed to talk about Duke. The huge, okay, but huge problem you, guys, Duke. you guys brought up Tom Izzo testing positive like two weeks ago, so I figured I would update people on that. Okay, you say you guys, but really what you mean is Ethan. Well, yeah, but that's also part of the reason why I said it was for Ethan, so I could talk about Michigan State. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway. All right, let's move to the NFL. Let's move to the NFL. Yeah, I'll just, uh, since I have it right here, I'll just give a brief update about uh, who your division leaders are in the NFL. Um, Buffalo is 7-3. and three. Uh, They got a one-game lead on, um, on the Dolphins in the AFC East. The Steelers are still undefeated in the AFC North, and the nearest team are – the Browns at seven and three. Yeah, the Ravens aren't hey. even in second place anymore. I, I want to put this out here. I don't know about you guys, but you know, being a Steelers fan, I feel like the Browns are like the most subtle seven and three team ever. Like, well, I'm here's the not... thing: they're they're six and zero against teams with a winless record, and one and three against teams with like a winning record. That doesn't matter. I, I really – I don't like that argument because the same thing can be said about the Steelers, and it has been with their, you know, their schedule. But I don't, think, I don't think there's an actual argument of strength of schedule when you're 7-3. and three. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the Cleveland Browns could easily win three more games and be 10-6, and six, and I don't think regardless of the strength of schedule – that you can discredit a 10 and 6 record. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns are going to be one of those teams that are vying for the three wild card spots uh, that are up for grabs. I think it's probably going to be them, um, either the Colts or the Titans, whichever one doesn't win their division. Uh, probably the Raiders, and I'd say the Dolphins are in there. So you and the Ravens and the Ravens. Oh, uh, I'd say you're kicking Baltimore out. No, no, I just they slipped my mind. Um, I think they're all going to be racing for those final three spots. Um, anyway, Colts and Titans are both at seven and three uh, in the AFC South. The Chiefs are at nine and one and on top of the AFC West uh, with Vegas at six and four behind them. And I want to point out the fact that out of the three of us, I was the only one that had the Colts winning that division. And uh, well, that comeback against the Packers made them look pretty nice. I mean, that was, we're talking preseason though. That was before the Houston's blew up or the Houston's, the Texans blew up. No, no, no. I'm talking about last week. Both of you had the Titans winning the division. Did we both have the Titans? Wow. I mean, 
I yeah, that's true. But I, it definitely could be a toss-up. I mean, I still think it is. I just, you know, I, I especially against the Packers team that is arguably the best in the NFC. You know, the Colts not only took them out, but claimed number one in the division. Yeah, I think this next game is going to be pivotal in determining that division because it's the Colts playing the Titans. Yeah, And the Colts already won once, but if they can sweep the series, then, yeah, I think they're going to be your number one. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we'll move to the NFC. Uh, Things get a little bit hairier. In the uh, NFC East, the Eagles Ouch. are atop the uh, the table at three, six, and one. Wow! And everyone Ouch. else is three and seven. Hey, you know we talked about this last week, and who could win that game or win that division? And the easiest schedule that I see right now is Dallas. I was going to say, you didn't know. we say Dallas? And Dallas is a half game with that tie behind them. I mean, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but yep. Anyway, NFC North, the Packers are on top at seven and three. The Bears are at five and five. Minnesota and Detroit are both at four and six. So Packers are probably gonna win that, but I think second place in that division is still a toss-up especially considering how shaky the Bears have been on offense. Yeah, 100%. I I would third that, yeah. Um, Anyway, NFC South, New Orleans is 8-2. Tampa lost last night, so they are at 7-4. And and then the NFC West, it's going to be a real tight race for first place. The Rams – uh, who beat the Bucks last night are seven and three, as are the Seahawks, and then the Cardinals in third place are six and four. Yeah, don't count out the Cardinals. I know they lost to the Seahawks, but they're still only one game behind, and there's I think six or seven games left in the season, right? I seven appreciate that, Ethan. No, six weeks. I appreciate that, Ethan. I didn't think you would compliment the Cardinals. I mean, they're only one game out, and if their offense plays like it normally does, they can win any game they want. Right. So, we'll see. And, I mean, they already beat the Seahawks once. They split the series, so they're, they, they're definitely they, still in Jared, do you know their schedule? Do they, have to, do they play the Rams in the future? Yeah. That's, see, that's a huge game for them. Uh, if I'm not wrong, it's twice, actually. Yeah, we play them in two weeks and then the end of the season. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be a huge, and then obviously Seahawks Rams game rematch will be huge as well. Yeah, um, kind of moving on to uh non-conference leaders. Uh, the Hall of Fame semifinalists came out. You know, you got guys like Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, and Megatron kind of headlining those lists, and rightfully so. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. Anyone really surprised that those three guys are I'm assuming, the list? I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to say Peyton Manning's going to be in. Oh, for sure. For obvious reasons. Um, 
Yeah. I think all three of those guys will come in. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, you also got guys on that list like Tory Holt, Patrick Willis, Reggie Wayne, Heinz Ward, you know. All those, those are, very, all those guys can make their case as well. So it'll be interesting to see who they choose. I think Tory Holt is a lock. Really? I think he is. I mean, Isaac Bruce got in what last year? Mm-hmm. I'd say that Tory Holt is at the same level, if not better, than Isaac Bruce. Huh. I, you know what? I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Also, don't forget Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen is there. Um, I did see his name. Besides that Hall of Fame, do we have anything else in the NFL? I don't. Not a whole lot. Yeah, no. All right. I guess we can move on to college football. Yeah, a couple of games got uh, postponed, like the Miami game. Um, I think – did another A&M game get postponed, or was yeah. that the week before? Both of both A&M games this weekend last got postponed. I think Clemson, Florida State got postponed. Which there was some controversy around that regarding Florida State trying to duck out of the Clemson game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, to be 100% honest, I don't blame them because, well, it's Clemson and Trevor Lawrence is back. Um, you know, we had a pretty big game this past weekend with Ohio State and Indiana. Yeah, Ohio State did pull it up, but Indiana put up a ferocious fight in the second half, so I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit. Yeah, but... I mean, they, they held Ohio State to what I want to say is, yeah, they held Ohio State in the fourth quarter to no points. I mean, they – what's his name? Michael Penix. Yeah, Michael Penix, the sophomore quarterback. He had, you know, one of the best statistical college days I've seen in a while with near 500 yards and five touchdowns. And when I say best statistical days, I mean against a good team, not Trevor Lawrence against, what was it, Georgia Tech or something. That yeah. doesn't count. But I think I think Ohio State escaped Indiana. They didn't really win that. I guarantee if that would have went to another court, another quarter, I think Indiana would have won that game. Oh yeah, for sure. I think if Indiana had a little more time, they would have won. They would have won. I mean, not but even Ohio State, quarter, Ohio State like, escaped that by like, like. I wouldn't even say another quarter. I would say five minutes. Give them five minutes. Indiana would have at least tied that ball game. Yeah, so I think Ohio State just barely escaped Indiana. Um, obviously, Ohio State's still one of the best teams in college football. We're not saying anything about that. We're just saying Indiana can play. I, I do want to point this out in this kind of segments into the next game I wanted to talk about. And it's the fact that I think that sole performance against Indiana is going to be the reason why Justin Fields no longer is the top Heisman candidate. I mean, he threw three interceptions. Yeah, I, I think I talked about it to one of you guys about it. I don't know. But, yeah, three interceptions, that's, that, that kind of tarnishes your Heisman record a little bit. Takes a little air out of it, yeah. And uh, speaking of three interceptions, not in the game, just in the season for Florida's quarterback, Kyle Trask, who is my favorite for the Heisman now. After Fields' performance, I mean, 
he had another Kyle Trask type of day with 350 yards, three touchdowns. Actually, they said, that, they said that was a bad day for him. Yeah, no, that, that is a bad day for him. He's got yeah. 31 touchdowns. Yeah, he only, he only played for 350 yards and three touchdowns. He did terrible. Absolutely. I'm disappointed. <laughs> but, um, yeah. no, but I, I, I would agree with you. I think he's the front runner now. Um, we'll see what, obviously, Trevor Lawrence does when he comes back. But as of now, Kyle Trask, I believe he's your front runner. Yeah. Um, I guess if we want to move down to the, the other uh, – ranked versus ranked matchup you got oklahoma state versus oklahoma and i'm gonna be honest i was quite quite upset with oklahoma state's performance there losing the game 41 to 13 i really thought they would at least put up a fight and honestly i thought they would win uh well there's another ranked game ranked on ranked game you're missing wisconsin northwestern yeah yeah that's true northwestern's looking pretty good too now well, they moved, and this is a little bit of a spoiler because we're probably going to end up talking about it anyway. But if you look at the rankings, they moved up to 11. They're undefeated. They're undefeated. So, and, and if, if things go the way we think they may go, they could end up seeing Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. I think they definitely could. If they go I mean, undefeated and beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, there could be a case that Northwestern somehow gets in. Am I, I wrong? I would put Cincinnati or BYU over them, though. Yeah, but you know that's not going to happen. They'll, they'll but I think it should. Over them. They'll favor I think it should. I think it should happen. I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but yeah, I just think – No one's college. disputing it. It's just the system has been like that for years. They're going to take Power 5 schools. I guess. I mean – so, you know, I think we brought this up last week with the uh, small name guys that were in the top 25. Um, starting off with the highest of them, Coastal Carolina, pulling out a 35 or 34 23 win against App State. And that's not a slouch App State team. I think Penn State fans know what we're talking about when we say App State is a very solid football team. Michigan. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that comes ready to play, and that game came down to the wire. Um, I know the score doesn't look like that, but I watched it, so take my word for it. But that, that was a good game. I was so really impressed. Of, you know, Michigan, just as a side note, do we think John uh, Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat? I think we talked a little bit about this last week, and I would definitely say so. I mean, that's a healthy, that's a healthy Michigan team that's not performing. Yeah. Um, obviously, Marshall University, that was tied for 15th. Their game got postponed against Charlotte, but I would like to think that that's an easy win against the two and three Charlotte team. And then the other one, Liberty, they uh, lost in a last second blocked field goal, I believe to NC State, so they are no longer undefeated, nor are they ranked, I believe. Let me look. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, those are really the big games that I, I had, you know. I don't see any other games worth mentioning. I mean, they're yeah. good ones. 
But I mean, do you want to talk about the 0 and 5 Penn State Nittany Lions? Oh, man. <laughs> this is not the season that they imagined they'd be having. And I'm not well, just talking about COVID. Like, I think, I think I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this. Is you know, they, they're a Notre Dame fan. And they were talking all this trash on Penn State about how they were so overhyped coming into this year. I want to remind, you know, college football fans that that was, that was thinking that they were going to have Micah Parsons, that they were going to have Journey Brown, that they were going to have Noah Kane, that they were going to have a healthy Pat Fryermuth, who, by the way, just uh, said that he's going to have a season-ending surgery. I mean, this Penn State team is not the Penn State team that they were looking at coming into the season. Yeah, I mean – I don't think that excuses an 0-5 record. I feel like they definitely should have won at least one of those games. But it's it's disappointing to go from, you know, a top-10 team the last, like, what, four or five years to you can't even win a game. And I think the only game they might have a shot in is the Michigan game, to be 100% honest. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule. They play Rutgers, who I, never mind. I take that back. I was going to say, you're saying they don't have a shot at Rutgers? To be honest, I think Rutgers could definitely beat them, but I'm looking at Michigan State and about that. Uh, yeah, Michigan State's not having the greatest year either. Yeah, but hey, Michigan hey. State at least beat Michigan. <laughs> yeah. We not much right beat... now for this year. Well, look. That's all I care about. We beat our little sister, and that's all that matters. Oh, little sister. He's fired shots. I'm just going to pretend that you didn't just say we beat our little sister on the podcast and move on. Um, oh, it's, 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 it's an expression for those of the, you know, those of the listeners that don't understand. Uh, we better move on because we're an hour in on Just News, so... Yeah, well, let's move on. Um, from football, there's soccer. Soccer is an uh, okay. international break, and there's nothing happening with hockey. I think baseball is the same way, probably. Yeah. yeah. I think it's time for our next segment, correct? Hold on. I just want to make sure that there's no UFC stuff. I uh, guess we know. I mean, I guess you could bring up the fact that Davis and Figueredo and Valentina Shevchenko defended their title in uh, on November 21st, but that's really it. Okay. I do actually – I have one thing. On Saturday, Roy yes. Jones Jr. will be fighting Mike Tyson. It's Wait, finally that's happening. Saturday? That's, that's Saturday. Saturday. It's like the 28th, I think. Yeah. Oh, man, I work. You remember when I told you about Manute Bowl fighting the fridge? Yeah. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be two old men dancing around hugging each other. That's what it's going to be. At least they are former fighters. At least they have a little experience. Emphasis on former. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I, I think it's time to move on to our next segment. Yes. I'm actually yeah. going to say, why don't we take our break now because the segment is pretty short and it'll, this is about a halfway point for us. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. I would agree with that. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Here's a message from our sponsors at Anchor. Thank you for listening to that message from Anchor. We are uh, now going to move into our, our second segment um, where we just thought it would be good to talk about some of um, those iconic moments in sports that either we remember from watching or just from remembering it um, and being alive, which it, it doesn't give us a whole lot of a window given <laughs> that we're, you know, 18 and 17. So no, basically it's your bat. It's your past. 10 to 15 years of sports history. Yeah. I do I do want to point out that like when I was selecting them, I was taking personal favorites over like all-time greatest ones. So you know, you might you might hear some that don't sound all that great, but as a sports fan that likes that team or just, you know, was super excited to watch that game, I found them very, very, you know. Yeah. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to each share our just four and then? I'd, yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Can I start? Of course. No surprise. <laughs> no surprise. Okay. So these are in really no specific order, but um, I'll say my first one. This is actually an all-time great one. It's Tiger Woods winning the Masses last year. Um, I just thought it was an amazing comeback story based on what, what obviously has happened like what happened five years ago um, and what has transpired since then. I thought it was just a great comeback story. So that's why I put that on the list. All right. Um, Number two, it's the Steelers winning the Super Bowl against the Cardinals, which is actually one of the first NFL games I ever watched as a Steelers fan. Um, And obviously James Harrison's like 99 yard return Mm -hmm. for a touchdown. Antonio Holmes, like game winning touchdown catch. it, it, It was just very memorable for me. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, like, all-time great NFL moments right there. So, yeah. But still, that was, like, one of the first games I ever watched. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm validating that. I, I agree with you there. Um, number three, this, this is about Duke. So, here comes no, Here it comes. Um, uh, Tyus Jones against Wisconsin um, during the national championship. <laughs> hitting a couple of those clutch three-pointers um, towards the end. Dang. Not only did you have to hit on Duke, but you really had to take some shots at Wisconsin. Well, it was who they were against. I said it. I said against the Cardinals. I said against. I was going to say first he takes out the Cardinals, then he takes out Wisconsin. No, but that was just next. And and, um, number four is Tua Tagovailoa's touchdown pass to beat uh, Georgia in the national championship. So those are my four. Number number like an honorable mention, um, I would say is probably going to see Zion Williamson play for Duke in person. All right. Before so or after the wait, never mind. Never Just mind. Go go, Jr. <laughs> all right, all right. So I got an honorable mention that I would say is outside of the four, but that's uh, and it's very it's very recent, which is kind of why it's an honorable mention, but. The Hale Murray, the uh, new trademark for Kyler Murray. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. I'm serious. He trademarked that phrase, Hale Murray. That, that's a trademark phrase. When he threw that Hale Mary against Buffalo, you guys have no clue. I know we talked about it last week, but I went through the motions on that play. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. 
Um, so again, kind of like Ethan said, in no particular order. Um, the first one I've got is when Jamie Vardy scored his 11th game in a row. Just hearing the announcer yell, it's 11, it's heaven for Jamie Vardy, has stuck in my head since 2016. Like, that's just an all-time favorite moment, probably in soccer, just, you know, that I watched. Um, my second one, I'm going to go to last year's or two years ago's Champions League semifinals. And Ethan, I'm looking at you and you're probably thinking about the Liverpool uh, fast corner. And although that's great, that's not the game I'm going to. I'm going to go. Really? No. Really? No, I was not thinking about that. It looked like you might be, but I'm going to be talking about Lucas Mora and his 96th minute hat trick goal against Ajax. Um, I mean, you know, I was watching that game again on the TV and, you know, I'm not a big Tottenham fan, but I like Harry Kane. So I was cheering for them, but I was also kind of like, it's cool to see Ajax in the champions league final. And I didn't know what I was really going to cheer for. And I was like, all right, it's Ajax. Let's turn the TV off. And, you know, 96 minutes comes around and, the 30-year-old puts it in the back of the net. And that was definitely a fun a fun moment to watch. Um, I think I've told you guys this one a bunch of times, but when Miles Bridges hit the dagger against Purdue at the buzzer, um, yeah. I quite literally was sitting in my car procrastinating a family dinner because I wanted to watch the end of the game. And it did not disappoint <laughs> because I have that play memorized dribble for dribble shot for shot and that one's always going to stick with me as an msu fan and then last i'm going to go to hockey again another one of my favorite teams we're going to go back to 2017 for this one when chris kudens sent the pittsburgh penguins to the stanley cup finals in double overtime against the ottawa senators um i know me and my mom were sitting and it was like 10 30 11 o'clock at night and it was about ready to go into triple overtime with like five minutes left. And my heart literally stopped with every single shot of the puck. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I mean, I was so scared. Like, this is double overtime game seven. This is what you think about when you're a kid, you know, playing sports. And Kudens put it in the back of the net behind Carey Price. And me and my mom jumped up and it was it was amazing. Cool. But yeah, that, that's my four slash five. <laughs> yeah, slightly different story for me. Um, I'm, in case you haven't noticed, I'm a lot more of a football basketball guy. So that's primarily where my head goes when I think iconic sports moments. Um, I'll give you two honorable mentions. Um, one slightly more honorable than the other. One of them is, um, I think it was A&M versus LSU a couple of years ago where they went to, I think it was seven overtimes. That was was definitely one to wake up to. (laughs) Yeah. I saw like 72, I I saw 72, 74. I'm like, is that a college basketball game? Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) Um, Just one of those weird, quirky games that I think people probably will forget about, but definitely something to be remembered um my other honorable mention 
one of two miracles on this list is um, the Miami miracle from was that last year? Yeah, with the Dolphins and the uh, the Patriots, where they it was the last play of the game and they just lateraled the ball down the field um, until they passed Gronk. Wait, Actually, no, that, that wouldn't have been last year then. Yeah, it was two years ago. They put Gronk in at like safety, and he missed the tackle right outside of the end zone. Um, But then my top four in no specific order. um, I'm going to go – I'm going to say my other miracle, the Minneapolis miracle. That one I remember watching live. um, And it was just one of those plays where as a Vikings fan, I looked at the score – and saw how much time was left on the clock. And I'm like, we're done. This is it. Game over. <laughs> and then that play happened. And I was like, let's go. You know, it was it was just one of those really hype moments that you're not expecting. And I mean, it comes from like a career backup quarterback in Case Keenum. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a cool moment. Well, I, I guess you- – I guess one of your not so memorable moments will be the the game after that. Yeah, that the one against against the uh, the pay, not the Patriots. I keep doing that against the Eagles. Um, not a great game. Although my next event actually is an Eagles play, and that's the Philly special in the Super Bowls of that year. Sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm not an Eagles fan by any measure, but. I think it's just so iconic. Um, people say Philly. Well, they did beat the Patriots, yeah. But um, it's just iconic. You say Philly special when people know exactly what you're talking about, especially here being like two hours away from Philly. I mean, yeah, that's, that's one of those almost um, immaculate reception type moments for Pennsylvania sports lore. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to point out, though, that I think a lot of people forget this. That play is actually the exact play the Patriots tried to pull against the Eagles earlier that game where Tom Brady dropped the pass. You know, I don't think people realize that that play, that, like, that play happened earlier in the game. It just didn't work out for the Patriots. Right. And, I mean, it doesn't take away from the greatness, obviously, but, like, you know – I feel like that's something that people forget is that this is such an iconic play that people feel like never happened before, but it happened twice in the same game. Right. Well, and I feel like also people really identify that with that because, you know, as Ethan brought up, it's the Patriots and people started to get tired of, Oh, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. (laughs) You know, I, I mean, we saw a map, not this past Super Bowl, but the year before when the Pats played the Rams. And it was a map of who people were voting, were rooting for in the Super Bowl. And everyone was rooting for the Rams except for New England and New Orleans. And everything else was Rams. And, and St. I, Louis, I do remember St. That. Louis was rooting for the Pats as well. Yes, I, I remember seeing that map. I, I, I think I don't know if you showed me it or I found it on like Instagram or something, but I do, I do know a map you're talking about. Yeah. And it's one of those where like people were getting tired of the Pats. And so when a play like that happens against 
one of the most dominant dynasties in history, that just adds to the atmosphere. Um, so my third one, going back to my Jersey roots, I'm going to go the helmet catch. Um, I mean, I was alive for it, but I have like no memory of it in the moment, but that's just iconic. And I mean, one of the most legendary moments in the NFL, um, David Tyree was a special teamer, um, kind of a, a nobody on the offensive side of the ball and, in clutch time in the Super Bowl, that play happens. Eli Manning should have gone down behind the line of scrimmage. He rolls out to his right, chucks it over the middle of the field, and guess who's covering David Tyree? Rodney Harrison. <laughs> the most aggressive safeties to ever play the game. And somehow, Tyree comes down with the ball stuck to his helmet with one hand. I mean – it's legendary. Todd, you really like hating on the Patriots, don't you? Who doesn't? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't hate on them as much now because, I, I don't know, maybe I just, like, pity them because they're just – they're not the same without Brady. But anyway, um, my final one, this was another one that I watched. Damian Lillard's buzzer beater against the Oklahoma City Thunder in game five of the 2019 NBA playoffs. Um, that's just, it's iconic. Whenever you see NBA commercials, you always see Dame waving at Russell Westbrook. Um, it's kind of like Stefan Diggs at the end of the Minneapolis Miracle. You, he just kind of has that attitude where, like, everyone else is jumping up and celebrating. And is just like, yep, I did that. that no, no, he did, he did wave goodbye to Russell Westbrook. Well, yeah, he did that. But, like, it was – he wasn't, like, on the court, you know, laying out. He wasn't jumping up and down screaming. It was just kind of like, yeah, this is me. Take me seriously, you know? <laughs> I do. I, I, I know I already had one honorable mention, but that kind of brought me back to another sports moment that I kind of want to put as an honorable mention. And that's when I was sitting down watching the Thunder play the Warriors back a couple of years ago when Steph Curry really kind of started to gain traction with that big time three from about, you know, I think it was probably 10 feet behind the three point line. It's the whole, you know, time's running out, Curry. And all I can remember is bang. Like that moment is so iconic in my memory because that was like, that was the shot that really launched Curry's hype. I feel like, like after that, it was Steph Curry, this Steph Curry, that, and I was, you know, staying up that night to watch it. And yeah, I mean, that was just going to be, that was going to stick with me for a while. All right. All right. I guess oddities. Sure, uh, let's do it. I got two. All right, I can do two. I'll start off as usual. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> even right, he's so, saying as usual now. I've got more of a, an amazing story. So, from in a span of one year, or uh, a, a little more than a year, um, an Englishman known as Ben Smith ran four hundred one marathons in four hundred and one days. 
covering a total of 10,506 miles. What? As a runner, that hurts me. <laughs> it, it was, raised money for, for the victims of bullying. So it was for a great cause too. Oh, I feel like I heard about this guy. That sounds really familiar now. 401 miles and 400, 401 marathons in 401 days. That's more than a marathon a day. Yeah. Jar, as a runner, how do you feel about that? <laughs> my legs hurt. Like, literally, my legs hurt. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Wow. All right, Jr. how are you going to follow that one up? All right. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys for a number. How many innings do you think the longest baseball game ever is? 34. Todd? I don't know the inning, but I, I think I know. That was the um, – was that the Blue Jays game? No. No, that was the game I talked about that I went to. It was like the longest game in Blue Jays history. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 33 just to undercut Ethan. Ethan, I think you're going to hate Todd. Because <laughs> Yeah, 33 <laughs> innings, eight hours and 25 minutes. Now, granted, this isn't an MLB game. This is actually a AAA baseball game, the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester Red Wings. But imagine playing baseball for almost – Four games straight. I mean, we're talking about, you know, not just one game, not just two games, not just three games, but three innings shy of four full baseball games. I, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, bo- baseball sometimes bores me and I'm going to be completely honest that I cannot watch a full baseball game without you know grabbing my phone or switching the channel I could not imagine you know like what happened to the people in the stands I mean yeah you're probably not wrong but eight hours and 25 minutes of baseball I could never yeah that's just that's one of those where it's like, all right, I'm going to leave in like the ninth and just not care about what happens. Well, I said with the Blue Jays game, I, I, I went, I left the stadium. I went, took a shower, went out to dinner and they were still playing with that game. They would have been playing by the time I went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Todd, what's yours? Ridiculous. All right. Let me, let me ask you. I don't know. The score was a hundred to three. What do you think I'm talking about? Oh, isn't it the Georgia Tech-Charleston game? Nope. Oh. Cumberland. No. Good guesses, though. I don't even know what sport we're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell you. Because I'm, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on one of the players in this. But we're talking about a match between Mike Ditka and Tim Rosovich where they had to open bottles with their teeth. And Tim Rosovich beat Mike Ditka 100 to 3. Wait, what? So Tim Rosovich was a linebacker and defensive end 
for the Eagles, Chargers, and Oilers. Uh And he opened a hundred bottles with his teeth compared to Mike Ditka's three. Like, what do you mean? Did like open a cap or like, like took the cap off of a beer bottle a hundred times. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. Todd, you win. You win. Yeah. I I don't even want to counter that. Oh, you know, it could be better though. So Tim Rusevich, his nickname was the mad stork. Okay. (laughs) Okay. He would do things like, I think he once fell nude into a wedding cake. Or um, he would run nude down the street. He would uh, stand on his head with his head in a, uh, a bucket of ice water. And he would, uh, he would sleep with his head pointed magnetically north so that the Earth's rays would rejuvenate him. Todd, this is a, a sports podcast, not a weirdest things that humans do on the Earth podcast. Hey, but he was a linebacker in DN. He was a one-time pro bowler. I guess fair. I guess fair. Okay, moving off of that, I'm not going to be able to top that. It's just fair warning. Um, pick a number one. No, no, hold on. I'm going to do – never mind. I'm going to do this one. So, I'm going to be talking about Usain Bolt. Okay. Yeah. So, in the Olympic Games in China. China. Do you want to know Usain Bolt's diet? You're talking 08, right? Like the 08 Olympics in Beijing? Correct. Correct. Okay. What What do you think his diet was? Just calorie wise. No. What do you think he ate? What do you mean? What I think he ate? Like what foods? Yes. <laughs> Chicken. You are Chicken. He only ate chicken nuggets throughout the whole Olympic Games. That's all no. he ate. That's all he ate because it was the only food he recognized. <laughs> And guess actually, what? He actually, won three gold medals at that Olympic Games on well, yeah. on chicken nuggets. No, okay. Nuggets. As, as a runner, I will attest to the fact that you are taught to never change your diet the day of or leading up to a race. It just It's so interesting to me how we only ate chicken nuggets. Okay, but like, I mean, I guess that's weird. But at the same time, I understand it coming from his perspective of the fact that he didn't know what the other stuff was. You're not supposed to eat stuff you don't know what it is when you're like trying to race. True. Like just from a just from a runner's like competitive runner's perspective, like I w- I will eat pasta from like Olive Garden the night before every race, and if I change that up, which I have multiple times, like I've I once forgot I had a cross country race and I ate pizza, and that was the biggest mistake of my life. Like right, I felt that horrible. Was- that one's kind of a bust. I do have a really weird one, if you want to hear it. You know I what? Re- redeem yourself. Redeem yourself. So, there was a popular trend in the 1960s. And it, so, it's the 60s, okay? So, it's going to be a little weird. Please I mean, tell I'm me sure. there's flagpole sitting. No, no. We have octopus wrestling. What? <laughs> octopus wrestling. So, basically, what would happen is a diver would grapple with an octopus in shallow water and try to bring it to the surface what that sounds kind of fun that sounds kind of fun you know what sign me up (laughs) who wants to yeah until the octopus takes you 
underneath the water. Well, I'll bring an illegal knife in my shoe or whatever. Illegal knife. You're gonna cheat at octopus wrestling. Where is your sense of honor? You know what? I gotta do what I gotta do to stay alive. You know what? Why didn't you just bring a gun for crying out loud? Yeah, because a knife's at least easier to like hide. Yeah, but apparently it was a popular trend in the sixties. So what happens in the sixties stays in the sixties, I guess. Well, it did until you brought it up. (laughs) Someone's going to watch this podcast and see, hmm, well, let's go try octopus wrestling again. Exactly. Ethan, Ethan, do you want to join me in going in on a uh, professional octopus wrestling uh, league? Hey, we can can make millions out of that. TV brands, everything. I like that idea. PETA's going to be all over you. Oh. They don't need to know. Yeah, I've got these TV rights to octopus wrestling, and I'm going to keep that a secret. Under the table, under the table. There's nothing under the table about TV. No octopus were harmed during the making of this TV show. That's the man with his illegal knife. No, no, it's scripted, and basically we... It's octopuses. You sign contracts with octopuses. Exactly. All right. Wow, you, you redeemed yourself from the Usain Bolt chicken nuggets, but yeah, all right. So, you know, you guys know the Olympic, the Olympic hockey games, right? You know, sure, the, the Canadian men's team is always the top favorite. But do you know what the worst women's hockey team is? Like the lowest ranked, just just like in general. Like of all time or just like now? All time. I don't know. It's probably like some African country that doesn't get snow. Actually, it's Bulgaria. Really? That's that's very interesting. The 2008 Olympic qualifiers, the Slovak team beat the Bulgarian hockey team. Get ready for this. Here, I'll put this in words that's not numbers. A perfect basketball season in the NBA. Wait. For those of you wondering, that's 82 and 0. 82 nothing? Yes, that was the score of the Olympic qualifying game. 82 to nothing. And the and the Slovakians got tossed out by the Canadians like a hundred to zero, right? <laughs> probably, probably. But the thing but, is, isn't isn't Slovakia not that great at hockey either? No, they're all right. I feel like they're decent. Yeah. So imagine like them going against like Russia or Canada. You're done. <laughs> like it's more than a hundred for sure. That's like yeah. why are you even here? <laughs> now I, I want to put this into perspective. You guys know there's 60 minutes in a hockey game, right? Sure. Um, yeah. wait, oh my gosh, they scored over one goal a minute. 44 seconds goal another 44 seconds goal 44 more seconds so did the bulgarians just give the puck to them every time and just say here score you know what i couldn't tell you but <laughs> it seems like the most viable option <laughs> it's like um there was this one soccer game this wasn't gonna be mine but since ethan did his three i'm gonna i'm gonna add this one it was hold up let me pull it up um it was in the madagascar oh, no. soccer league oh no 
Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I Tom. think I've heard of this before. Probably do. Let me let me find it here. Um, I forget the exact score. Come on, where is it? Nope. It's probably going to be number one on this list. Yeah, AS Adema versus Stade Olympique Lemurne in 2002. The score was 149 to zero because Stade Olympique Lemurne um, was, they were protesting uh, like a ref's call from a previous game. So they literally just started scoring own goals. And then because, you know, the there was a goal, so they get to start the ball for the next possession. So they just started kicking it back into their own goal. And, like, the coach got suspended for the season. And the, uh, the team captain got suspended. And it was crazy. You know what? At that point, they should have just put J-Man's Jedi's in. It was it was ridiculous. So that that's my that's my fake one, my real one. Let me ask you guys this. 29 minutes. What, what do you think is a, a sporting event that would take 29 minutes? About okay, judge, judged by the fact that last time you gave us a number and asked us what we thought about it, it was opening bottle caps with our teeth. I have this no is, clue. This is reasonable. This is like baseball, a sport that everyone game, baseball game. You're saying a baseball game takes 29 minutes? It could. Okay. Um, JR, thoughts? Ping pong. Ping pong? Well, it, it's neither... Um, ping pong nor baseball the longest um single point in tennis history was 29 Damn. minutes long <laughs> and uh that it was close um, yeah it consisted you of 643 close. shots oh my god like your arms would just be like i don't even know your arms would just be dead after that the match as a whole lasted six hours and 31 minutes it was uh between Gene Hepner and Vicki Nelson uh, in Richmond, Virginia in 1984. And How do yeah, they that, have that long of an attention span? Because my brother's started to get into tennis, and so I've played with him three times in the last like week, and I can't play for more than 40 minutes. I mean, from what I've read, it got to the point where they just started like lobbing it shot after shot so it was just like 29 minutes of i'm just gonna chuck the ball over the net and chuck the ball over the net and chuck the ball over the net to the point where it just got to be like all right someone just finish it please put me out of my misery okay so i guess now we're gonna move on to our final segment we'll make this quick because i know we're running very long um hot takes real quick um do you want to go first yeah i'm gonna actually make an nba rookie of the year prediction and trey jones like i said he was gonna be the number one overall pick i'm gonna say vernon carey jr wins rookie of the year that's your tripping Bro, I could see Vernon Carey might win Rookie of the Year in the G League. 
in the G League. Who's the Hornet center? Cody Zeller. Who's the backup center. Dude, there's no way he's winning it over James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. I mean, those that's, the one that's a horrible one. I'll give him this. Suppose like Wiseman and Edwards go down with injuries and LaMelo Ball ends up being a huge bust. There you go. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin then. Maybe. Denny Adina. Tyrese Halliburton. A lot of pieces would have to fall into place, but I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow it. The whole entire first round would have to fall apart. You don't know that. It's easy to say that on draft day. Let's wait until right. the season starts. All right, Todd, who's yours? Mine? Hmm. <laughs> I am going to say, yeah, you know what? No, I, I don't know. JR, you got anything? Yeah, so I got a little bit of a detailed one here. So we kind of talked a little a little bit about it. Uh, earlier when we went to college football I got so th- this is not my hot take this is actually part of what has to happen for my hot take to happen so Northwestern meets Ohio State in the Big Ten final Northwestern pulls off the upset mm-hmm. and that takes Ohio State out of the college football playoffs who replaces them not Northwestern BYU Yes, sir. BYU. And not only does BYU sneak in at the four seed, bye-bye Alabama. Zach Wilson takes down Mac Jones. That was that was that was very all right. So let let's say that happens. You're saying the other two are gonna be Clemson and Notre Dame, right? That's my guess, yeah. Okay, who wins that? Probably Clemson, to be honest. Okay, so you have Clemson and BYU in the final. Yeah. And BYU gets smoked. <laughs> probably, probably. Here's the thing. if I don't, I don't see BYU beating Alabama. Ethan, you have no opinion on this because you're biased. Todd, Todd, Todd what's your opinion on BYU-Alabama? Weirder things have happened. I'm more concerned about Northwestern Ohio State. Because Northwestern, okay, yeah, they beat Wisconsin. But Wisconsin has kind of been on the downtick anyway. And it's one game. It's one game. Someone could go down and Northwestern is just going to plummet. Okay, but it's not like Northwestern was like unranked, like one and four. Like this is a five and O team that has beaten, you know, teams the past five weeks. Well, of course they've beaten teams. That's what constitutes as winning. <laughs> well, yes, I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, this is a team that does kind of deserve 11 because they're 5-0. and Let me like, let me look at their schedule here for a second. I wouldn't do that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. Partially, yeah, okay. They beat Maryland. They blew out Maryland. They beat Iowa by one. They beat Nebraska by eight. They beat Purdue by a touchdown. And they beat Wisconsin by 10. 
that's not a whole lot of uh, a powerful schedule. Well, you know what? BYU's my four. That's all I got to say. Okay. (laughs) You dismantle Ethan's argument. I'll dismantle yours. All right, Ethan, it's your turn to dismantle mine. Um, I would would make my hot take that the Jets go 0-16, but I already said that, and it's going to happen anyway. So, um. Yeah, I don't know if that's that much of a hot take anymore. That might be a reality. I can't that argument. Yeah. Hmm. I will say this. The Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah. They make the playoffs uh-huh. as a sub-500 team. Only okay. because they win their division. That's not the hot take part. The hot take part is that they beat a team that's like they they get in over a team that's eh, we'll go eleven and five. We'll be adventurous. Okay. Wait, but are we talking like do they beat the two seed or like do they just lose? No, no. I'm saying like. In the playoff race, there is going to be a wild card eligible team that is eleven and five and um, doesn't get in, even though the, the sub five hundred Eagles get in. Oh wait, never mind. I, my argument was going to be them I being mean, the seventh best team and them playing the two seed and then seeing if they win. But then I remembered that they would end up playing the five seed because they're a division champ. I mean, I definitely could see that happening. There's a lot of, um, I mean, NFC teams vying for those wild card spots so it very well could happen so no i can't dismantle it really ethan come on we had a thing going <laughs> but Although, I, I actually actually please don't dismantle it because that team that would get that team that probably wouldn't make it would be the cardinals and or the bears and i don't want to hear you talk about my cardinals again exactly it would uh-huh. probably be the bears yeah, yeah it probably would be the bears but which is adventurous in itself because I just said that the Bears will win out the rest of their season. Well, Todd, I think you just added to your hot take without even realizing it. I yep. can't dismantle that argument. Um, oh, you definitely could. <laughs> you really think that the Bears are going to go 11 and 5? Yeah. I think all you have to say to dismantle that one is quarterback. Yeah. This is just you advocating for Mitch Trubisky again. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? That's exactly what it is. There might be some UNC bias. There's a ton of it. All right, we're going to wrap this up because we're going to spend probably hours arguing about this anyway. But, yeah, um, now we do have an announcement, but do we want to make it now or are we going to save it for later? Yeah, well, let's just make it public. Okay. Wow. Okay. Never mind. Wait, wait. Actually, actually, never mind. There's, there's two announcements. Let's, let's make one. Which one do you want to make now? No, no. I want to make one public, public, and I think we should make one kind of public. Which one do we want to make public, public? I want to, I want to inform our friends here on the FFM podcast that are listeners that in the next. Let's say two weeks, I believe it is. 
we will be having a professional athlete on the podcast. That's the plan, now, anyway. Yes, that's the plan. We're, we're in the works with it right now. For those of you that don't already know, because I know I have already told a few people, you know, maybe uh, hit our email up with some possible guesses. I don't know. Visit our website. You might get a sneak peek of who that is. Um, and then speaking of our website, we are going to be opening a FFM Sports Network merch site. We're having our logo redone. We're going to put it on. We're going to put it on some shirts, some sweatshirts, you know, just a fun little thing there. And obviously, whenever that, when that comes up, we'll have a lot more information on it. Whenever it yeah, it's it's oh, just yeah. in the, you know, the basic stages where I, I will I will promise everybody this. We will definitely have a Ethan. This is not the Utah Jazz show T-shirts. OK, we I'm definitely excited. need to make one that also says, can I start? <laughs> Yes, we do. I that would agree needs with to that. Be a shirt. Yeah, but, but yeah, both those are in the works now. So obviously, we're we're very excited about the things we have planned for you guys in the future. So stay tuned for that. Um, so I guess Todd, we want to sign this off, unless anything. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Wraps it up for us. So um, until next time, I'm Todd File. I'm Fager. And I'm Jared Mizrak. And we are signing off. Did you just